Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. And this is episode 109, How Simplicity Can Change Your Life with Rose Lounsbury. So Rose is someone I invited to have on the show because I want her to share her incredible methodology with you as well as her inspiring journey. But the truth is, I never thought that I would have an episode, How Simplicity Can Change Your Life, on the I Heart My Life show, because I'm not exactly the poster child for simplicity. After all, I say things like, take a stand for the and. I promote people in getting clear on their desires and figuring out what it is that they truly want for their lives, including material things. And so when Rose and I sat down, I knew it was going to be a really interesting conversation. And the truth is, we discovered that we actually teach pretty much the same thing, just in a little bit of a different way. So Rose, during this episode, talks about how she personally had to move through all the fear that she felt when she decided to start her own online business. She talks about how she wrote her first book and some of the clarity that she found by understanding that in order for her business to grow, she was going to have to go in a different direction. She's now a simplicity and minimalist coach as well as a speaker. And so you're going to learn more about what her unique methodology actually is. And ultimately, from what I understand and what I know about Rose through working with her personally, she's all about helping people create a better life. That's ultimately what simplicity is all about. So let's go ahead and dive in. I know you're going to love this conversation. It's real. It's raw. It's vulnerable. So let's do it. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business and much, much more. This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide. So if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to iheartmylifebooking.com and learn more about the I Heart My Life Mastermind. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Rose. I'm excited to have you here and learn more about your journey and have you educate our audience on all of your incredible expertise. Thank you, Emily. I am so thrilled and honored to be here with you. Of course. So we've been working together um, for a little bit now. And at the same time, I know a lot about you, but at the same time, I don't know the entire story. So as I always like to ask here on the I Heart My Life show, I'd love for you to share a bit more about the success that you've experienced, and in particular about the story behind the success. So can you take us back? Absolutely. I would love to. So my story as a business owner starts around the time my kids were born. So I am a triplet mom. So I have three kids who are now 10 years old. But when they were born, I was working as a middle school English teacher. And so that was my career, my professional training. And I loved my job. I'd stayed home a couple years after the kids were born. And then I thought I need to go back to work because I love 
my profession. I love my work. So I went back to work for a couple of years. And what I felt was that I wanted more flexibility in my life. Being a teacher, while you do get summers off, it's really not flexible during the day. I couldn't take off time to go pick them up or drop them off at preschool. I couldn't go to the Halloween parties and those kinds of things that I started to realize I wanted to do. So I thought, well, you know, I've been writing this blog about minimalism and my interest in minimalism had started when the kids were born, when I realized that I just had way too much stuff and I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I was sick of trying to organize it all. And a friend introduced me to this idea of minimalism or simplicity. And I thought, oh, well, there's a novel idea. Instead of organizing everything, just get rid of the stuff you don't need, let go of the excess stuff. And I found in my own life that created a lot of freedom. So I'd been blogging about this for a couple years. And so when I got to the point in my career where it was just not flexible enough for the lifestyle that I wanted, I thought, well, maybe I could make this blog a business because it had been nothing but a hobby blog up to that point. So I left my teaching career and I started professional organizing in people's homes, in their closets, in their basements, helping them one-on-one. And I was pretty successful at that. I had a steady stream of clients from my local community. I was kind of known among the moms in my community. And I think having triplets gave me like a street cred that people had, oh, (laughs) if she can get organized and she can simplify with triplets, anybody can do it. So I totally used that to my advantage. And so I had all of these in-home clients and that was a wonderful thing. And then as my journey evolved, I ended up writing a book in 2017 and I worked with a coach when I wrote and published that book. And my coach really encouraged me. She said, you know, you need to think bigger in your business because you're you're going to people's houses and that's great. But now you've written a book and it became an Amazon bestseller. So I was you know, selling it in Australia and different places. And she said, well, what's going to happen is they're going to read your book, get really inspired and hire someone in Australia to help them not helping you. And I'm like, you're right. So that was when I started teaching an online course called the less method, which I still teach today, where I take people in six weeks through like a boot camp style decluttering of six different areas of their house. So I teach that about three times a year. So I started that at that point. And that really pushed me outside my comfort zone. I still say when people talk about technology, that's one of my fears. That's one of my things that I have to work on. So putting myself out into the online space was not at all comfortable for me. It was a lot of stress and and sometimes it still gives me quite a bit of stress. But I pushed through that and I realized that, you know, I could reach people and help them. I could legitimately help them. And that was the thing I wasn't sure about was, does this in-person skill that I know works, does that translate to the online world? And I found that it did. My students were experiencing great success. And so that took me through a couple more years of my business. And I was kind of doing both, right? The in-home work, the online work. And then I started wanting to do more speaking as well, because I love speaking. And I think that's from my teaching background. I love interacting with people in that way. So I did a TEDx talk in 2018, 2018. Yeah. And as a result of that, I started igniting this fire for speaking about this. So that's another focus that I'm working on is expanding my business into a speaking career as well as an online career. And what's been really great for me, the silver lining of the coronavirus has been that it really forced me to 100% cut off 
the in-home organizing, minimizing, decluttering work that I was still doing just a little bit. It was like I could never totally shut it down. And as a result of your program, which I think came into my life at the exact right time, the mastermind that I'm in with you, you know, I joined in January and then, you know, by March, I couldn't go to anyone's house anymore. So I really had to get serious about what does a coaching model look like online? How do I offer one-on-one personalized coaching. I raised my prices and I started coaching completely online. And now I know that I will not go back to helping people in their home. So that's been just a great blessing of being in your program. So that's sort of where my business is now. It's evolved from a hobby blog to an online coaching business, as well as a virtual and hopefully, again, when, when things open up in-person speaking business, because I love to travel to speak and speak to people in person, but a lot of it's happening virtually right now. And so that's sort of been the journey that I've gone on in my business. And I've appreciated having your help along the way, your money mindset course that I think I took two years ago. And the mastermind that I'm in now have really helped push me to those next levels instead of staying small, which is easy to do, right? It's easy for me to want to keep myself small, but being part of your group has really pushed me into some different levels. Thank you for sharing all that. There's so much to unpack there. And I absolutely love your story. And I just want to take it back first and foremost to when you did have the blog and you said there was a point in time where you decided, you know what, I'm going to turn this into an actual business. So I'm curious to know before you resigned from the teaching work, did you have, um, you know, you said you had a steady stream of, of income coming in from those clients. Is that right? Or was it kind of like a leap of faith? It was a leap of faith, which is not typical for me in my life. I remember talking to my mom around that time when I left my teaching job and I said, I just, feel like a boat in the ocean and there's no wind. And I'm just sort of floating along with the current. And for someone like me who loves to plan and be organized and know what's going to happen, that was very scary. And my mom just said, well, maybe that's okay. I thought, oh, well, I suppose it could be okay. I suppose I don't have to have a plan. And that, that is another way that I could live my life. So I didn't have a plan. What I did do though, because I am a planner and I like to have a backup plan, when I left my teaching career along with starting my business and my business, you know, like all businesses start slow. It's not that I had a full roster of clients the day I quit teaching, but I had some, I had a couple. And I also did some work for a university teaching teachers and professional development workshops. I did a little bit of substitute teaching at little schools around the area. And what I found was that every year, so I technically had three jobs when I left my one job, every year I would drop off one of those jobs. So after the first year, I dropped the substitute teaching. After the second year, I dropped the professional development workshops. And so by the third year being out, I was 100% all in on my business, but it wasn't that clean break like, oh, I left my nine to five and started my business. Yay. You know, that's the easy story to tell, but that's not really the whole story. For me, it was a a gradual two-year process of letting go of other work until I was 100% focused on just my business. 
Yeah, that's why my ears perked up because oftentimes we think that it's going to be this clean break. And for some people it is. And the reality for most people is that there's something funding the business or at least providing a bit more security as the business is more stable. Um, that's the that's normally what happens for people. So thank you so much for sharing that and um, showing people what's possible. Because the truth is, if you're going into your business and you're feeling nervous and anxious about how you're going to pay the bills or, you know, is it going to work? That's energy that is super draining. And it can put a lot of pressure on the sales conversations you're having. And for the people who are interested in your work to have to sign up with you right that second. And that's not the energy that we want to start something with or, you know, build a foundation on. Yeah, I think that's really important for people to hear. And I think often when I talk about my journey, because I I never know how much detail people actually want to hear. I really do glaze over that point. And you hear that story all the time about, oh, I left this and I started this. And and it's helpful for me to hear that even from you as someone who I admire, who left a certain type of life and started a coaching business, that it wasn't that instantaneous switch that I know from hearing you tell your story that you slowly, I mean, but pretty quickly, but you did start at a certain point and you built your way up. So I'm glad that that's helpful to people to hear. And I think everyone has different circumstances. Like I didn't have three kids and I didn't have all the responsibility in that sense that you had. And so for the person who is the new entrepreneur and she's, you know, a single girl and and doing it herself, her decisions will be different than the mom or the the husband with a lot of responsibility. And I think that it's not a one size fits all scenario. So I always love to hear, hear the details. Yeah, good. I'm happy to give the details. And so after that, I love the point of your story where you said, you know, you had this big aha moment where you wrote the book and wait, I'm not going to be able to grow unless I expand, expand my thinking, expand my offerings. And there's only one of me. And so I can't be going into houses all the time. And you mentioned that getting into the online space was challenging. So can you talk a little bit about any of the mindset blocks or if they were, you know, maybe tech blocks, what was coming up for you as you were venturing into the online world? Yeah, it was a lot of both of those things. And I wouldn't have identified at the time that it was a mindset block, but it really was. But I remember what I kept coming back to with my coaches. Well, I don't understand how to do that. I don't know how to set up a payment page. I don't know how to take people's credit cards. I don't, you know, there were all of these tech things, but really what that was, was me resisting expanding. It was me resisting growth. And so what it channeled into was, well, I don't understand the tech, so I can't do this. And what I found was I, I'm able to push myself pretty hard, like through stuff. And so, and I'm also a people pleaser, which I think many people are. And I wanted to please my coach. I wanted her to be proud of me. And so she's pushing me to do this thing. And so I just pushed myself into it. And I found a guy who could set up all the tech backend for me. And I paid him whatever I paid him. And I thought, well, as long as I make back what I paid him in signups, then this is totally worth it. But it was more for me just realizing that I needed to push myself out of the comfort of what I knew. And I'd already done that, right? Like I'd already pushed myself out of the comfort of my career into this entrepreneurial world. So I had a little bit of experience leaving the known, 
and going to the unknown. And I guess what I didn't realize then that I, I realize more now is that that is a continual process. So I went to the unknown and that became known. I knew then how to run my business. I'm, I'm going in people's homes, professional organizing. This is great. And then it was like, oh, but I have to go out into the unknown again and do it <laughs> online. Like, didn't I already do the brave thing? Why do I have to be brave again? I'm done being brave. I don't want to be brave anymore. And so, yeah, I had to push past that and, and go into my bravery again. And, and what I know now is that that is a thing that as a business owner, you will do over and over and over again. And that's the natural state of being an entrepreneur is summoning your courage every day, every week, every season to go into the next thing that you don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know what it's going to be like. You're going to be the little boat on the ocean again with no current. And that is the state of being an entrepreneur. And you kind of learn to embrace it a little bit. I still work on learning to embrace that. I'm, I'm definitely not perfect at it, but I'm so much farther along than where I was. You know, this actually came to a point, I was talking with my book club the other day. I have this like ladies book club of just friends of mine. And one of the questions that we asked, you know, we're following the reader's guide questions was the character's done something really brave. How, when's the last time that you did something that was really brave or scary? And I'm like, today. <laughs> and right. all my, friends, my friends were like, I never do anything like that. Like I've, I, I can't remember the last time. And it shocked me to think that a lot of people are not doing things that scare them. And I'm doing things that scare me at least once a week, at least if not daily. And so I've realized I've developed this level of comfort with the discomfort that I don't even think I'd given myself credit for until I realized none of my friends were feeling that they're not used to being brave in the way that I am now. So that was interesting. That's huge. And so now knowing what you know now, what sort of place do you go to when you see something that scares you and you know, like, can you break this down for those people listening? Do you automatically think, oh, that's just fear talking? Or do you focus on the thing that you actually want versus the fear? What is your process? So I'm not sure I have a definite process that works every time. But what I try to do is I try to just go inside and like physically feel it because feelings are obviously emotional, but they're also a very, there's a physical reaction in your body that happens. And this was something that I started doing totally unbeknownst to myself when I first left my teaching career and I was trying to get the guts to start the business is I would actually imagine in my mind that the fear was like a, like a liquid and that it would like, I could catch it in my hand and it would form into like a ball. And then I would like drop the ball and I would sit there. I can remember sitting in my chair as I like let it all collect in my hand into a ball, drop it. And I, it was my beginner's way of trying to get past it. And so I do similar things where I kind of go inside and I, I actually feel what I'm feeling and try to just, instead of now trying to drop it or move past it or fight it, which doesn't really work, I try to just be curious about it and let it be what it is. And it's, it's like calling it out. I think of the Wizard of Oz where Dorothy sees the man behind the curtain and realizes that the Wizard of Oz is not scary. It's just this man behind the curtain. And it 
takes away the fear of the great wizard of Oz. And I feel like when I actually just go inside and I just see it for what it is, which is just fear, it's just a feeling I don't have to fight it. And it kind of takes its power away when I recognize it for what it is instead of giving into it and letting it run the show. It's sort of like separating myself from the fear, but realizing that it's okay for the fear to be there. It's part of me, right? Just like my liver is part of me. My kidneys are part of me. My fear is part of me. I don't need to fight my liver or my kidneys. I don't need to fight my fear. Just need to accept that it's a thing and it doesn't need to be in charge, but it is what it is. And it's like, okay, there you are. I see you. It's okay. We're going to be okay. I hear you. It's almost like comforting it like you would comfort a little scared kid. And that's sort of the process. And it's, like I said, very internal. And I'm not perfect at it by any means. But there's that process of just calling it out, recognizing it, and not being afraid of the fear, right? There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Like fear is a thing, but if you're afraid of your fear, that's a whole other thing. And so that's as best as I can explain how I deal with it. And it's, like I said, a continually evolving thing for me. And don't you think that as you flex that muscle more and more, and, and I know it's a very personal process and it's a very subtle process sometimes, but as you flex that, flex that muscle more and more, you develop a trust with yourself. And so the next time the fear comes up or the thing that's inviting you to brave, to be brave, um, you know, comes to the surface, you trust yourself because you've seen yourself move through it and you've seen the validation of, okay, this is just the fear, but I'm going to focus on moving forward towards this goal, launching the course, uh, raising my prices, whatever it is, because I know that I can trust the direction I'm being guided in. Yeah, absolutely. It becomes like a muscle that you learn to flex. And just like if even if you didn't jog for a year and then you started jogging again, your muscles would remember, oh, I used to be a jogger. So I think that's what happens is I just become better at walking into fear. And I kind of am like, oh, there you are again. Okay. Hi again. <laughs> there you are, fear. Hello. We're still here. That's okay. We're going to, we're going to come along. We're going to go through this. And yeah, it does. It's like you develop a, um, like a fitness, like a fear fitness in a way yeah. and you, you can move through it. And from the outside looking in, like I said, I know that we've worked together um, for a bit now. It's so interesting to watch your process and the way in which you show up, which is is really the reason why you get results and why your company has moved forward, because you will ask the question and then you kind of internalize it, you listen, and then you take the action. And I know that sounds really simple when I'm saying it out loud, but even when your coach told you um, or advised that your company will grow if you have other programs besides this one-on-one -on -one work, you listened, you thought about it, and you actually took the action. And it's amazing to me how many people they get the coaching, but then they do the complete opposite. And I'm not saying that every coach is always perfect or right. But if you're investing in the coaching, you need to be aware of when your body's in resistance 
and versus when something truly isn't the right next step for you. And I think your awareness rose and your ability to follow the coaching and lean into that fear, even when it's scary to host a launch, scary to hire the next person, scary to release those one-on-one clients, you know that it's for your greater good and development and that desire to move forward and create more success and have more impact that's much greater than your fear. Yeah, that is so true. And I think as someone who coaches other people, I see that now. Like I see the people who say, and it's frustrating as a coach, like, oh, I want my home to be decluttered. I want to have more free time. I don't want to deal with my physical stuff all the time. I don't want to be yelling at my kids because there's a mess in their rooms all the time. And they have the desire and they have the vision, but they don't act on it. And it's so frustrating because I want to just shake them and say, all you have to do is is do these things. And it's like there's this disconnect between the knowledge coming in and the understanding coming in and them taking action. And I suppose that there's a, that's probably the, the bridge of fear, right? They're not actually able for whatever reason to cross that and take action to change their life. And probably it's some type of fear that's holding them back. And we're coming up with millions of excuses as to why we can't. Well, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have this. My spouse will never agree, whatever. But there's something keeping them from action. And and I see that in my own self when I've worked with coaches. And when I invest in something, and there have been things that I've invested in that I haven't followed through on. But for some reason, that first coach I worked with, I was like, I'm doing everything she says, every single thing. And then with this mastermind, when I invested with you, one of the things that I said I would do is every single call, I would ask a question. So I show up for every call. And I think there's been one call that I didn't. But I ask a question because I'm like, I am here to learn and grow. Why would I have paid for this and invested in this if I wasn't going to squeeze like every ounce out of it that I can? And I think approaching it that way is the way that you get results in anything in life, whether you're hiring a a trainer, a personal trainer to get you fit, right? They can tell you what to eat and what not to eat and when to work out and, and what you're supposed to do. But unless you actually, you can show up and listen to them, but unless you actually do the push-ups or eat the salad, you're not going to get the results that you want. And so thank you for I guess, calling that out in me and recognizing that in me as something that I do, because it's affirming for me and hopefully for the people listening, it's affirming that if you can get past the fear, you can take action and it really will change your life significantly. Yeah. And it does get easier. Like we're not saying that you never feel the fear, quite the opposite. Like you said, with every up level, there's another thing. And I remember saying this to students years ago, you know, your, your mindset work is never done and you can just see the despair in their face. Like, are you kidding me? What are we doing this for? But it's because it's the, the next level is unknown and you've never done it before. And so there's new muscles to develop. But once you do it once, then you know, you can start to trust yourself. And if you're not, and this is for anyone who either works with clients who aren't taking action, or maybe you yourself listening, 
aren't taking action, you just have to ask yourself, what are you actually getting from staying stuck or from not putting something in place? Because we're getting something. If we're not dedicated to making a change, there is something that we're actually getting. And a lot of people don't understand that, but it could even be that you're just getting to stay safe. You're getting to stay in an environment where you and your husband aren't going to butt heads. And there's an ultimate, uh, ultimate fear around conflict. Like it could be a million different things. And so if you're not actually getting an action, I know I'm going off tangent a little bit, we have to <laughs> ask ourselves, what are we getting from the current scenario? You know, I will just say something, a book that you recommended to me and that another friend had recommended to me, Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life has become my new Bible because she talks about exactly that, you know, releasing the need for whatever it is. And I realized through reading her book and the work with you that I had this need to be a financial burden on my family, on my parents. And then I realized when I got married, I felt like a financial burden to my husband. And I said, well, why the heck would you want, would you need that? Why would you want that? And I kind of like unpacked the layers of it. I thought, well, if you're the burden, then you're not in charge. Well, why would you not want to be in charge? Well, then you're not responsible if something goes wrong. Well, why are you afraid of something going wrong? And I kind of like dug it all down till I realized like the root of all of it was that I didn't trust myself. And it was this huge aha. And I've, this is what I've been working on on my daily affirmations and daily mantras and meditations is, is developing in myself like a sense of trusting myself and trusting my voice and trusting my intuition. And it sounds easy, but my gosh, is it difficult. And to your point about the work never being done, like this is actual work. Like I sit down in the morning and for maybe 30 minutes and I'm writing out my gratitude and I'm reading and studying and journaling and affirming myself and I'm doing it again at night. Like it's actual work that takes up a portion of my day. You can't just like listen to this stuff and then your life is changed. Like just like decluttering a closet, right? You can think about decluttering the closet, but if you don't get in there and actually take the stuff out and decide what you want and what you don't want, it's not going to happen. If you want to declutter your mental state, like you have to actually sit down and like unpack all the stuff that's in there and decide what you want to keep and what you want to let go. And that takes time and effort, just like physically decluttering something. And it's hard, but it's so worth it. And unfortunately, like the closet, it isn't ever 100% done, or at least I haven't gotten to the 100% done part yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, I think for those of us who are in the business of growth and transformation, that means that our growth and transformation has to come first and foremost. And like you said, it is work, but it also, it, it's like people think, oh, you know, if I have extra time, I'll do it. But no, it needs to be one of the first things that you do. Um, every single day to move yourself forward, to go to the next level, to make sure that you're filling your cup before you go out and help other people. It can't be like a, it would be nice sort of a thing. It has to be a commitment. And it's one of those things that it took me a long time to realize, you know, along with self-care, along with, um, 
affirmations and, and all the stuff that you just mentioned, that has to actually be scheduled in and it has to be a priority in order for the business to grow. And I think that's something that's so important to highlight. And I know we talk about it here a lot on the I Heart My Life show, um, but just a, another reminder that your business will flourish when you internally flourish and you start to transform. They're not mutually exclusive. They literally go hand in hand. And so if you're putting in time and effort doing the marketing, doing the strategy, setting up the Facebook ads, and yet you're not putting in time and effort for the mindset and the internal work, well, that's a problem and you're only going to go so far. Which is what I think is so amazing about the coaching that you and James provide is that your coaching directly impacts and targets both of those areas because it's not just business strategy. It's not just how do you create a Facebook ad? How do you make a landing page? How do you grow an email list? You recognize that the flip side of that coin is your growth as a person. And I think for a long time, I didn't realize that that was a part that I was missing. I've always been a relatively reflective type person, a journaler, a writer, but I didn't ever see that that was part of my business too. Like me becoming the best version of me is going to feed my business. Like me taking time to play with my kids, me taking time to go to yoga, me opting for the green smoothie instead of the waffles. All of that is a business decision as well as a personal lifestyle decision. Like it feeds my business. And so the fact that you meld both of those is really unique um, in the business world, at least with people that I've found. So I give a lot of credit to you guys for that. Thank you, Rose. Yeah, I'm curious to know if you could speak a little bit to the mastermind, just um, a few pointers for people who are maybe interested. Is there anything that we haven't yet touched on that you feel has been a shift for you or um, something that has happened because of being in that program? I think the biggest thing for me in the mastermind was taking that initial investment to do it, which was, oh my gosh, terrifying because it was the most that I'd ever invested, most that I have ever invested in coaching. And I was scared to put that money down. Um, It brought up a lot of those fears that I said about the financial burden and all of these like past money stories. But here's what for me really shifted was when I put all of that investment down, I freaking showed up. I have showed up to every call except one. And I watched the replay of the one I didn't show up to. And when I've paid for stuff, that's like $97 or free PDF, whatever, I don't show up for it because I don't value it. And I think that is just a huge lesson for me that if I want my clients to show up. If I want people invested in change with me, I have to raise my prices to a point where they will show up, where they will take it seriously. And so I think being part of the mastermind at this level, because this is the highest level of coaching that I have ever done, just taught me the importance of making your people invest enough that they will make the change. And what I've found in my own business is that I've gotten so much more, I guess, ballsy about following up with people for sales because I'm like, no, 
you need to, not like you need to invest, but if you really want to make this change in your life, I'm not just going to let you go. Like I'm more invested in my business. I've, I've gotten so much braver with sales and with follow-up and I've actually, I could see it. I posted some of these things in the celebration channel and our Slack channel, just about how I used to just let these people go and they'd say, oh, it's not the right time or, oh, you know, I don't know. I used to be like, oh, I totally understand. And I would just let them go. And now I'm like, you know, I would love to get on another call with you if you would be open to that. And let's talk about this and talk about the reservations that you're feeling. Let's just open that conversation back up and we get back on the call. And maybe some of them convert to clients and some of them don't. But that's something I would have never done ever because I think I hadn't invested enough in myself to know that I needed to push them to invest in themselves in the same way. And so I think that's one of the the biggest things, the biggest shifts that I've gotten from this is when I invest in myself in a big way, then I'm much more comfortable asking my clients or inviting, not asking, inviting my clients and students to invest in themselves in a big way. It takes a lot of the selling fear away for me. And that's been a huge shift for me. Mm, So good. I remember David Nagel, who's my personal coach talking about the fact somebody, I think it was at an event, somebody asked him, why are your prices so high? And he said, he like simply turned to them and he said, because I care about you. And I asked him later on, I was like, what does that mean? And what he, he said he meant by that is it's twofold. Um, what you just illustrated, Rose, is that when people actually pay for something, they're going to get more results, at least the m- most people, because they're actually going to show up and they've made this invest- investment, they've put the money down, and they'll get more results and experience more shifts and their business will grow. And then the second piece he said is to help people understand that they are worthy of that investment. Because he said that when he invested with his own coach, it was it was like a six-figure investment years ago. And he said, well, you know, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I have the money. And his coach basically pointed out to him that it was a worthiness issue. And he was like, what are you talking about? But when he dug deeper, he realized he didn't feel like he was worthy of investing at that level. And so I think it's so interesting to think about price from that perspective and recognize it's not just about a business growing or reaching their revenue goals. There's actual intention. And we always say that money is your coach because you literally become a different person once you make that decision and you, you know, pay the fee or whatever it is to get into the program. It like literally happens right in that moment, which I think is so exciting. Yeah, that is awesome. And David Nagel, I listened to his podcast pretty religiously as a result of your um, recommendation. And I couldn't agree enough that me charging more and I've, I've raised my prices. I've doubled my prices for my coaching and raised the price for my course by about a third. And I feel like I'm showing up better for them. They're showing up better for me. Like it's all better. <laughs> when you actually put a, a more valuable price on something. And it's something that I would have never thought because again, we're taught, at least I was taught, well, it's always better if it's cheaper. If it's always better if it's on sale. And it's been a big shift for me to realize that in life, that's, that's actually not true in a lot of ways. A lot of times it's better if you invest more in yourself. If you ask people to invest more in you, that really is where great change can happen. 
Yeah. And with our remaining time here, Rose, this has been such a beautiful conversation, but I also want people to understand a bit more about the work that you do. So for the person who doesn't have a clue about minimalism or simplicity, can you talk a little bit about your work, what that actually is, what your methodology is, and some initial steps they can take? Yeah. So my work is around minimalism and simplicity, which you spoke of. And I know the term minimalism for a lot of people is a little bit of a scary word, but actually when I think about simplicity or minimalism, which are synonymous to me, it's just about looking at your life, oftentimes starting with the physical stuff in your life and just asking yourself what's important and what's not. Because I think a lot of times we are physically carrying in our homes, even on our bodies, things that don't serve us. And what it's actually doing is it's distracting us from the things that are really important. It's keeping us from the valuable things. And so working with me one-on-one, what that looks like is usually with my clients, we're starting with the physical things in their home. And so we're going on a tour, a virtual tour of the home and creating a checklist for them to go through. And then for all of our subsequent sessions, we work on one specific area. And what I help my clients do is break down the process of how do you approach it. So for a lot of people, a problem area might be paperwork or memorabilia. And so I teach them, okay, these are the actual steps to get a handle on the paperwork or memorabilia. What often comes up when we start to delve into that are negative memories. Some of that paperwork might be related to someone who passed on or a past relationship or a business that failed or the paperwork is there's tension with it because it's for their business that they run with their husband, but the husband actually doesn't participate and expects the wife to do it all. And so she's, there's all of that in the paper clutter. And so we spend time processing through some of those emotions and things that come up. And really, it's a a letting go process, not just letting go of the clutter, but letting go of the emotional attachment of negativity that you may have to that stuff. So that's where it kind of gets to be deeper work. But the, the result is the physical observable result is that before and after, you know, the organized files, the clean desk, the simplified closet of clothes that you love the kids' rooms that are no longer overflowing with toys, the garage where you can actually find the hammer when you want to find it. So it's a physical transformation. But what I found for myself and for my clients is that that results in an emotional, mental transformation. You're opening up mental clarity and mental space when you access it through this physical vehicle of your environment. So that's what one-on-one coaching looks like with me. It's very tailored specifically. And people can work with me for three months or six months or a whole year if you really want to be with me a lot. And then I also have a membership program where we meet monthly to focus on one area of simplicity. So actually my monthly meeting with my people is tonight and we're focusing on storage spaces. So we're going to talk through how you would tackle those, how you would deal with them, especially things like memorabilia that are often there. And then they set an intention for the month. We do a mid-month check-in on our Facebook group and a reflection at the end of the month. So you kind of go through that whole before, during, better, or after process in a month focused on one area. 
And then the other offering that I have for people is a course, my less method course, which is the six week bootcamp style course that I teach three times a year. And in that one, we go through six key areas of the home. So we start with the bathroom, we deal with their clothing, their kitchen, their paperwork, shared living spaces and storage all in six weeks. And it's um, really fun. We have a really good time and, and a lot of support and cheering each other on in that one. So those are the ways people work with me. And like I said, it's all focused on creating that external calm in your home so that you're really, what you're really creating is the internal calm, the internal peace of mind. So those are the offerings. And if people are looking to get started, I mean, you can go to my website at roselounsbury.com. I have a simplicity starter guide that's free that you can download and you could start creating your own custom checklist. What it does is it helps you go through your house the way that I would if I was there with you and ask yourself certain questions about the different spaces. And then based on your answers, you create a checklist for yourself to help you tackle all of the clutter and excess things in your home. So that would be my my recommendation to get started. And I have a free Facebook group as well called Minimalism is Fun. And you can join us for support and encouragement and tips there as well. So awesome. And it sounds a lot, you know, like the work that we do in a sense, because we always start with our clients understanding what their desires are. And for a lot of people, that's things that's, you know, money and tangible items or trips or whatever it is. Um, But I always say, you know, I really don't care about what it is that you want. I just want you to get in alignment with your desires. And it's never really about the things. It's about giving yourself permission to have the things or in your case, not have the things and go deeper with what the things are like a symptom of or a symbol of because it's never actually about this stuff. Yeah, that is so true. I often tell people that when you're dealing with your stuff, you're not actually dealing with your stuff. What you're dealing with are your feelings and emotions about your stuff. And so obviously I'm on maybe kind of a slightly opposite end of the spectrum, even though we're working with people on similar things, I'm on the end of helping them let go of excess stuff that's not adding to their life, but it's really letting go of feelings of guilt, shame, regret, sorrow, what have you, that's all tied to all of that stuff. And you're helping people acquire things, I'm using air quotes over here, but really what you're helping them acquire is self-trust and belief in themselves and joy and energy and happiness and all of those intangibles that are connected to the tangibles. So I'm really happy that we like process through this together. I know. And what I actually find with some of the money mindset work is one of our modules is um, about how you're spending your money. And we get people to actually look at where are they spending money right now on things that they don't want to be spending money on. And so I think both of us come at it from the perspective of let's get you in alignment. Let's help you create your best life, whether that means adding something in or taking something away, probably both um, Mm -hmm. in some respect, and like get you clear on what the best life looks like for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. Cause we've only got one of those only Love one. It. So the final request I have for you, well, I have two more one. Can you tell people where they can find your Ted talk and the name of it? Because I think it's so brilliant and I want everyone to check that out. 
Well, thank you. So you could go on my website or you can go to YouTube and you can Google, Google, it's not Googling on YouTube. You can search on YouTube for how many towels do you need? That's the title of my TED talk. How many towels do you need? So I kind of take the idea of towels and dig with that a little bit onto how much of anything do you need? So that would be the best place to find the TED talk, or you can go to my website at roselounsberry.com and you will find it there as well. Great. And final question we ask all of our guests, what is one way people can create a life better than their dreams? I think creating a life better than your dreams is just comes down to having faith that it's possible. So starting to just believe that this is possible for you, because that's where all change takes place, is to start thinking about the possibilities in your life and start believing in the possibilities in your life. And I think that what's amazing about that is what results from it will be better than your dreams. I couldn't have imagined back when I was teaching middle school that I would do a TED Talk, that I would be on podcasts, that I would have a book, that I would have a business. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't have imagined these things, but I think what made them happen was I started to believe in myself. I started to be a little more okay with not having an exact plan. I started to learn how to process through my fear. And when you learn how to do that, it's like the whole world opens up. And so now when I think about my future, I just think, wow, I don't know what it will be like, but it's exciting to think about it. Exciting to think about the possibilities that are out there because I'm expecting my life to still become better than my dreams. And I have no idea what that will be like. And I'm just thrilled to see it happen. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, I love this conversation, Rose. And I know that you inspired a lot of people to take action and move through their fear, start their business, move into minimalism and simplicity, and ultimately just follow that joy and have that faith like you just described. So thank you so much for your time. I hope you loved today's episode. It's definitely one of my favorites. If you are interested in being fully supported in your life and business, and you're ready to go to the next level, apply to be a part of our I Heart My Life Mastermind. You can book a call at iheartmylifebooking.com to learn more and see if this is the right next step for you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the I Heart My Life show. For more inspiration, success tips, and ways to achieve your life and business goals, definitely follow me on Facebook and Instagram on I Heart My Life Now. See you next time.